Welcome back to Respect the Drive. I'm Tedward, and today's guest really needs no introduction. When you hear his voice, you'll know exactly who it is. But we've got Nick Murray on the show today. Yes, Nick Murray, the famous Kiwi Porsche lover. Although if you read his mean comments, I'm sure there's lots of other kind of things that people claim he loves. And he's just bought an old Porsche 928 green, of course, which reminds me old cars are a pain in the ass. After going through the M5 and having those valve cover gaskets done again, because uh, they didn't they didn't seat properly the first time around, but we used a, a boatload of RTV on them this time. So I think those are going to be uh, nice and tight for the lifetime of that engine. But I'm still getting drips, and now I can confidently say that it is the rear main seal. It can't be the valve cover gaskets, and, and after putting it up on a lift, I can confirm. It's definitely leaking between the transmission and the bell housing. Classic BMW problems. But how would you even know that your BMW had oil in it if it wasn't showing you some of it? on the ground. I've got it up at Garage 42, a beautiful storage facility up in Woburn, Massachusetts. If you want to store your car for the winter or just for the foreseeable future, maybe you just need to make some room for your daily drivers because you're sick of those dirty normal cars. Keep them clean, you know, if you just left them indoors. But yeah, take the toys, bring them to Garage 42. Mine is currently leaking in Garage 42. Sorry, guys. But how are you? Are you good? I'm, I'm getting very sick of the traffic coming back. The COVID traffic is, is it's, it's long over. The, the, the days of empty roads where I could just go film a car at 2, 3 in the afternoon without thinking twice. Just jump on a highway, perfectly clear on-ramps all over the normal people are back. What a shame. But without further ado, here's Nick Murray. Look at that fucking beard. Crazy, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> This is why they're not video podcasts yet. I've been doing Already? The, I've been doing the video I've been doing the uh, the POV thing for so long that I'm like, "Oh god, what's going to happen when I go back on camera?" Like I don't think anyone's going to recognize me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, know. you do. You look completely different. Sorry. I miss Tui. Yeah, she's good. She's you, the good you have, have you met Smudge yet? Yeah, I don't think you have. I haven't met Smudge. Oh, sorry about he, Nico, by the way. I heard he passed away. Yeah, he passed away, little man. He was a good uh, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Smudge is um, something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, how have you been? I mean, you, so the last time we we were together, you had just kind of accepted a new position, which required a lot more time and responsibility because, you know, you're an adult man, uh, contrary to what your YouTube channel tends to portray you as. <laughs> you're, you're a very successful person in your business and you do well at what you do. But at the same time, you've got to try to make room for YouTube. So what what's COVID changed for you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a... Um a good indication of why my YouTube channel <laughs> never does that well is because I spend, um, it, it's very, I, I don't put a, dedicate a lot of time to YouTube really. Sporadic. It's very, it's very sporadic and very inconsistent when it comes to content as well. So what are you going to do? But that's the way I want it. I never want to feel that YouTube is a job and anytime it's getting me down or I, I feel any pressure about YouTube, I just don't do it for a couple of weeks. What is so? I feel like there's two ways that you would have pressure. Number one is just the the quality that you put into YouTube because you you come from the older school version of YouTube where you basically create television shows. Like you're creating multi camera intent. I mean, when you make a production, it's not like, hey, I shot this for an hour and went back and 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 slapped it together for your pleasure. You, I mean, you you've got expensive cameras hanging off the sides of cars you've got secondary drivers to get the exterior shot shout out to becky who's done some great work in the past. <laughs> yeah um i mean yep. what what goes into your typical production um yeah i'm always trying to improve my production and you know being as you know on youtube it's uh it's a one-man band you are the creator you're the editor you're the producer, you're everything, cameraman, boom operator, the works. And I find that, to, I love that challenge of always finding a way for my one-man band to look more professional. And so there's a little improvement, I think, in every single one of my videos. And it's one day I'm hoping to get to the point where I can watch one of my videos 
and not cringe. You could like it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Isn't that like the craziest thing is that we put all this effort in and you create something, you publish it and you're like, this is good. This is good. And a week later, you're like, what was I thinking? This is, no, I I'm, never, this. I'm never that way. I'm never, this is good. <laughs> I, I upload, <laughs> I have never uploaded a video and been satisfied with it. I upload a video and I, I honestly, oh, I'm less, less so now, but I honestly upload a video and then expect nothing but abuse because all I can see is mistakes. Now, I mean, for me, if I watch a Nick Murray video, I know what I'm in for. I'm in for, you know, a very um, beautiful but also clinical walk around where I'm going to get a good feel for what this car would really like to would really like to be next to. Right. I, I, I always feel like I'm getting a very realistic experience through a well-crafted lens rather than some over stylized cinematic thing that's supposed to make it look like something it's not. I mean, they are beautiful shots, but they also make me feel like I'm actually experiencing reality, which I prefer. That's why I yeah. started watching you. I but- try. I try. Um, and now that I'm more focused on just Porsches, um, I feel more, I feel better able to focus on the stuff that's important to a Porsche driver as opposed to a very general overview of a Porsche car I can really dig down to what's important to a buyer about a Porsche so is that where the channel's going now where it's going to be solely P cars pretty much and it's been that way for a while you know I throw in an odd car here and there but I've been pretty much focused on P cars almost for a year now when we go way back in time, I mean, you've, you've been doing aviation helicopter videos probably longer yeah. than car videos, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I remember finding you, and I found you twice, this is what happened. So the first time I found you, didn't have a clue who you were, didn't know where you were, didn't realize you were so close to me in Connecticut. Um, but it was during the 991.1 debacle. So you're, yeah. it was the, the man in his driveway talking about uh, his lemon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it, and it just was a blip on my radar. It came and went. I was like, wow, yep. that sucks. Especially cause that car had just come out and yep. Porsche always had this kind of, no, uh, this reputation for being ultra, ultra reliable. They were the car you buy your supercar at, you know, hundred thousand dollar supercar and it's going to last. You've got it forever. Yep. And then here's and you. That's, and that's generally true. Well, generally true. We'll get to your track record soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for, for everybody else, that's true, it seems. But then you popped back up on my radar. I don't remember when. I don't remember what car it was, but something, you know what? It must have been like something silly, like a snow tug of war or something like that. Oh, yeah. Something, you know, something outrageous. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, hey, that's the guy with the 911. That's that guy. Yeah. Um, wh- when did you start to notice? Because you have a, a pretty nice following. And you know, hundred eighty thousand subscribers, and but you would think by the loyalty of your followers that you had a million or two million, because I've I don't think I've ever seen a YouTube channel with with less than like a million subscribers have the kind of appreciation and like love for a creator that you have with that with that number. Yeah, I I don't really understand it too well myself. Um... I think, I think it's multiple. I think there's multiple reasons. Uh, firstly, I mix a lot of my personal life into my channel, so I'll show a home video. I'll show a video about my dogs. I'll show stuff that just pops into my head, and I'll do that. And that's a big thing for connecting with viewers, I think, um, and having a more personal connection. So I have a lot of viewers, a lot of viewers that consider me their friend even though I've never met them. And when I met you, I I felt, I mean, it was like I didn't have to ask you any questions. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. sat at your yeah. table and I'm like, yeah, I, knew, I know you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so I think I think that's where I do all right with, um, with building loyalty is that I'm pretty open about my life and there's nothing really to hide. So... So people get to know me a little better. And, and that's what YouTube's all about, is building a personal connection with your viewers. So there's a group of viewers that are there for technical videos, and there's a group of videos that are there for a personal reason. And then there's the folks who 
I, whether they're like followers or just interlopers, the folks who who give the other form of entertainment, which is the the cyberbullying side, those who like to comment about how you're just terrible, I can't stand his yeah. fucking voice, like the the yeah. things that are said to you. Now, I I actually the things that are said to you are far outweigh anything I think I've ever seen on the internet. I mean, even in the era of Trump, the things that I have seen written. Up, not about you to you are like shocking and you've, shocking? you've always shocking you've <sighs> always taken it with such I, I grace is the wrong word you are really good at the clapback you are incredible and you've made an entire brand out of your retorts i mean people look forward to the mean comment videos yeah well and i don't have to do it those those are so easy those videos because all i have to do is read through comments and I'll read a comment and laugh out loud myself and, and quickly grab a screen grab of that and stick it in the video. And so it just takes me 30 or 40 minutes to go through as many vi uh, videos with comments as I can, pick out a bunch of comments which I think are hil hilarious. And sure, they might be insulting to me or whatever. And, and it, you know, I, I, it never bothers me, you know, because the people. It really is. The people that hate me the most are my most loyal subscribers. I honestly think that the creativity of the insult is a form yeah. of love. I think people That's insult right. you so that they might get the opportunity to I, be like, I, it's incredible. That, I, that, they, that, is, that is the pinnacle for my followers to be on one of my insult videos. <laughs> they, they, they strive for that. Well, and I think what struck me the most was because for a little while there were a lot of those, and 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 it start it does start. I mean, even as a viewer, sometimes it weighs on me. I'm like, oh my god, who would say that about poor Becky? <laughs> like, and the, your whole family is very similar to you, which is fantastic. Yeah. Like, you know, you you meet your sister, your mom, whatever. They, they could be making your videos, whether just without cars, um, yeah. and. And it's very funny that, you know, there, there's a lot of similarity in the personalities there. But when I when when you invited me down to do the Black Horse Garage meet um, with, with I mean, I could not believe the number of people that showed up and the number of people that showed up as if they were going. I, if I died, I don't think that many people would show up to, 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 to see me. up. That was incredible. Everybody was so excited to just come uh, and be part of it. I'm not coming to your funeral. Of course not. No, it's a heck of a yeah. drive. A two week, <laughs> two week can come. Uh, actually, actually, to show you how much I love you, Tom, I'm actually doing this interview because I turn down just about every interview request that comes my way. This is only the second one I've ever done, and I greatly appreciate that, especially yeah. on like literally 24 hour notice. Because I was like, oh no. shit, I'm like, I've been meaning to ask you, <laughs> and I didn't even want to ask you because I'm like, oh, I don't want to get rejected. But I'm like, whatever, no. I'm, I can be rejected by Nick. That's fine. He can oh, say yeah, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you do have this very strange cult following. The Nick Murray fan club is something that I, I've just not seen anywhere else. Well, yeah, I maybe that's the case. I I foolishly perhaps assume that all YouTubers have a similar following. But I do have some out there followers. I'll give you a couple of examples. So there's a picture up here, just in front of me, of uh, painted by one of my followers. I've got a follower that paints pictures of me and sells them to my other followers. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. Uh, what are some other ones? I, I've had many requests from my followers to come and stay with me because they're traveling to New York and, you know, it just seems I will say like your the house, things to do. Your house is very conveniently located on the way. That's through. right. <laughs> even, yeah, I'm, yeah. even my friends are, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there. They're like, just stay with Nick. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't <laughs> just stay with Nick all the time. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can. I have one guy who redesigned my house for me. That was the creepiest one I've heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he went in, he he went deep on that, right? Didn't he go to the he town? Did, he went. Oh my yep. god, he like made yep. a legitimate CAD drawing of your yep. home. Yep. And he gave you so, an addition, right? You should do this to your house. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty good addition. Like if I ever had to do something with my house, that's what I'd probably do. <laughs> but yeah, they they go they go go all out. But I'm sure that's true of many YouTubers. Because it is a personal relationship for a lot of people. It's true. I 
you know, I, I've recently started having, I had a guy uh, yesterday send me a message. He goes, hey, do you go to this particular restaurant? I said, oh, yeah, it's it's near my apartment. I, I frequent yeah. there quite a bit. And he says, I knew it was you. And then he listed my order. Now, I haven't been there. In, <laughs> I haven't been there since before March because of COVID. Nice. So this guy is like remembering my order from February which I'm flattered. That's great. I was just like, why didn't you say something then? You waited like six months since the last time you saw me to tell me that I like the bok choy plate with the skirt. <laughs> 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 but all right, you've, you've, you've gone through the, the, the 9-11 stuff. Is that when your channel like started t- like actually growing like at, a, at an alarming rate? Because that's well, when... Well, it's, it's, it's never grown at an alarming rate. You know, my channel grows at a slow, steady rate, I would say. And I don't know whether you've ever had a talk with one of the um, Google, uh, YouTube, what are they called? Not account managers, but oh yeah, con- I hear content, what you're whatever. They, they're there to help you with your channel. And I've had two of them and they both get assigned to my channel. Uh, and then they go through all the details of who watches and why and what I need to be doing. And they have a very frustrating time because they are, Nick, you could really be growing your channel at a, at a significant rate if you just did this, 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 and this, but you don't do any of that. So how about you start doing that? And I'm, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, you can tell it's a labor of love. You can tell that you're genuine yeah. and passionate and you can tell that you've never, you, you're not a YouTuber who buys a car for YouTube. You've always just done things very specifically, and well, that's that might not be true because the the green car. Oh, that's to, true. That's, that's bullshit. to a certain extent. Yeah, <laughs> to an extent, extent that is just for YouTube. And now, which green car? We're talking about the nine two eight. Yeah, the nine two eight. Yeah, because uh, although yeah, I did... saw that I saw that car on Picard Market and had a had a little aneurysm and went, oh, I really love that color. Hmm, I wonder whether this is a good price. Probably not. What the hell? Let's bid on it. I don't have a second car at the moment. Let's have a go and see whether we can get it. And I got it. It's the Casio watch of Porsches. It is. It's beautiful. Slightly less reliable than a Casio watch, though. Yeah, those are still hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Your, your little watch collection is fantastic. And that's the everybody oh, knows everything about you. This is what blows yeah. my mind because I'm I'm I've been really racking my brain. I'm like, what can I expose? Not expose, but what I mean, yeah. you certainly have no problem what, exposing yourself on what deviance can you dig up on me? So speaking of exposing, we might as well go into the nude gardening, right? Why not? Um yeah. I, I this is something that every I still don't understand. It makes me like laugh out loud every time I see a security footage photo of you <laughs> nude in the driveway, nude in the backyard. What is what is this? <laughs> is this well, like there's, there's there's no no specific depth to this. Um, it's just <laughs> if every now, every now and then the security camera, I've got a nest on nest all around the house, inside the house and outside the house, and nest is really great at informing you when they see someone naked in and around your house and so <laughs> is, that, is that a feature is that there's a I don't, I don't know man? it's a feature but yeah it's because it, it i think it expects me to have clothing on and so when it sees me naked it see thinks that i'm a stranger and so it'll throw up a, an alert ah someone's seen in the backyard and I'll throw a picture of me and I will think it's hilarious. So I'll quickly post it for everyone else to have a laugh as well. So the, I can, under, I, I, I mean, I guess I can understand the backyard nudity, the front, the, drive, <laughs> the driveway nudity is really something special because you don't live in a very secluded area. No, that's true. And, and, you know, to be honest, I do, sort of ham it up a bit because people get so upset about the nudity and really, really get, you know, oh, you're going to be arrested soon. You're, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So sometimes I just slip a, you know, naked shot in there that, you know, I was only outside for one second and I made sure no one else is around just to just to rile people up. You do have but good, the, your neighbors are good yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. And my neighbor, yeah, my neighbors, I would never get upset because, well, for first, we just had a 12-day power cut here. In no. Connecticut, in Connecticut. Yeah, 12 days we were without power. And what have you I done? Ran... You're a, you love hi-fi and computers. What else do you do? Well, I've got a generator. Oh, all right. So you can And, and I, I ran extension leads to both sides, my neighbors. So they owe me big time now. 
because I've been running their refrigerator and phones for the last 40 years. Now days. you can straight pipe the 928. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Good to go. So speaking yeah. of like potential arrests and things. So one of the staples of your channel for a long time was the drag race. Every yeah. episode, you've got a drag race. Now, this is something that every... Now, all right, let me put it this way. Every time I've ever driven above the speed limit either you know subtly or significantly there's always a comment or i get a, a message from a friend who's like you know you're gonna get arrested you can't show this you can't show that make sure you don't put your speedometer with your face with the road with yeah. the thing and i'm like i mean look no one no one's ever come to my door no one's no because you know we're not doing it in dangerous places we're not doing anything outrageous and as far as i know nobody's calling me in have you had any police intervention? Have you met anybody to say like, hey, we saw the thing. Um, what the fuck? Um, yes. Well, sort of. <laughs> uh, and I guess this is a big difference between Massachusetts and Connecticut. Every time, every time I drive in Mass, every time I cross into your state, I get a ticket. <laughs> like the, <laughs> like they are waiting at the border for Nick Murray to cross cross. <laughs> Um, and New York, I get tickets in New York as well, but I never get tickets in Connecticut. I mean, you're working really hard to get a speeding ticket in Connecticut. The state police here are not interested in accumulating revenue through tickets. Um, and so the only time I've had a call about one of my videos is from the Massachusetts state police. Of course. Yeah. Saying someone who complained to them, but they, 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 I don't know, they, how, I forget how they got hold of me. Anyway, they were just confirming that I wasn't in Massachusetts. And just I was, get the no. fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you're not in Massachusetts, we don't really care. Were you in Massachusetts? It doesn't look like Massachusetts to us. It looked like Connecticut. No, I was. Yes, it was Connecticut. Okay, goodbye. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I've heard a complaint. So I am a little careful about this. Um, firstly, I do the drag race on a pretty much deserted road it always looks very empty i'm always impressed yeah, yeah. with where you're yeah. finding we, this location we have a we have a road here in in connecticut mexico. which is a, yeah mexico yeah which is a three sometimes four lane highway to nowhere it was meant to run up the middle of the state and they got sort of 10 miles into it and then they nobody ever finished it so it, it just goes on to a single lane road so it's a three or four lane highway that's running a single lane worth of traffic. So you can have three or four miles and not another car. So I do it there when there's no other cars around. And there's always one cop hanging out there. And the only time that cop has pulled me over <laughs> is because he's really interested in the car that I'm driving. And he's, I had to see this car. I just love this Ferrari. It is awesome. And I'm, you're not because we were speeding. No, 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 no. I'm sorry to waste your time. We just wanted to see the car. And I'm okay. Well, so speaking of that, then what are the cars that really speak to you? Because I mean, I know that I, I mean, I drive a lot of cars. You drive a lot of cars. Most things I drive, I don't walk away thinking I need to have that. I'm like, oh, neat. I drove it. I'm glad. Good for you for owning that or, you know, dealer here, have it back. Thanks for the ride. What are the cars yeah. other than obviously the ones you've bought that you're like, oh, if I had, if I, if, either if I had the money or if I had like the huevos to spend that much money <laughs> on yeah, something well, the, stupid, the, you know? The good news is there's nothing that I want that stupid money. Absolutely nothing. The, I am, the, the more cars I drive, the more I believe less is more um it has to be a fun experience and so like like ferraris are a perfect example the newer ferraris oh my god what a yawn fest they are they are unbelievably fast sound great easy to drive incredible traction and performance i would never want one oh, yeah. i would never want one but you know i drove a 355 and I'm in love with that fucking what car. What a thing. <laughs> I just can't I just can't get over every time I drive a 355, they are so slow, but sound so great. That is the perfect combination. You have to thrash the nuts off that car to get it up to the legal speed limit. And 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 it sounds so great doing it. That is the perfect performance car for me. I just love that car. Well, not that I 
want to own a 355 because it's 10 grand every time you change the friggin' oh, oil. Every two but, years, um, man, it's yeah, brutal. Yeah. You have to love it. You have to love it because you yeah. have to say, I bought a $65,000, $70,000 car that I'm going to dump 15 grand a year in every two years. Exactly. Uh, and I'd be tempted to do that. So that, that's an ex- <laughs> that is that, up your alley. <laughs> yeah, that is up my alley. I'm very tempted. So that that is a good example. And and even in model modern Porsche 911s, it's the same deal. The further down the range, the more fun they are. I think you know. I, I would. Uh, I'm really interested. Like I belong to the uh, the Porsche Facebook group and a couple of Porsche. Porsche um, forums and a question that comes up time and time and time again on these forums is i'm looking to buy should i buy a brand new 992 carrera s or should i buy a two-year-old turbo s and then and then 400 people will answer and and one uh, uh, 399 people will say get the turbo s it's so much better and those 399 people could not be more wrong the turbo is the most boring car they make it is. It like, is. Bo- it's on on every level. It is so fast. It is dull. It is so easy to drive. It is dull. It's only PDK. The engine sounds terrible. The list goes on and on and on as to why that is the most dull 911 ever made. Um, still a great car, but you just make sure you never ever drive any other 911 because you're going to realize you didn't get the fun one. I always sensed a little bit of regret from you on your C4S because I, every time I watched you drive a base Carrera or a Carrera T, you'd light up yeah. just a bit more. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and I'm not going to make the mistake of getting a, f- a four again. That was fun in the snow and I loved having a car that I could really beat in the snow, but the amount of snow days we have these days, it's just not worth it. It's much. I'd much rather have a car I can hang the rear end out on. You're not wrong about that. I put snow t- new snow tires on the M3, and it was like sponsored by Tire Rack. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make all these videos. We got two days of snow, and they weren't. <laughs> it wasn't deep enough, so I actually had to go up to New Hampshire to a snow cross, which I thought was at a racetrack. Turns out it was at the field next to the racetrack. I beat the shit out of my poor car for this video and it did very poorly. So it was really a lose-lose all, all around. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, wh- you know, so that car ended up with its own fun issues. And yeah. how do you, I mean, how do you, how do you peg your luck on this? I mean, this is ridiculous that you've had two consecutive 911s with pretty significant well, goals. Yeah, there are mitigating circumstances, that's for sure. The first one, the first one had had problems. Let me just see if I, I get I get the two mixed up in my head now, so I don't want to I don't want to misquote myself here. But yeah, the first one definitely had serious problems, and and they were made worse by a, a sudden push to get the car back together. There was I forget the re, it was something to do with the lemon law or something. They needed to get the car back together really quickly, so they threw the car back together. And that was a disaster because lots of bits were put on wrong. Or and it was leaking out water of. through the... Yeah, like there was a rubber seal that was completely missing and things like that. Um, so that car, that, that poor car, everybody agreed that needed to come off the road. It was a bit of a disaster. And I think they got it going in the end after a year or something. What was the overall uh, response from the audience for that car? Because, I mean, for me, I'm going, man, this sucks. This poor guy, he's bought his 911. It's his dream yeah, car. Yeah, that, so that was... That was a really tricky balancing act. Or was because, it like, oh, look at this privileged asshole who's telling well, that me was about his... The, that, that, was, that was what I had to sidestep. And so to get the audience to support me, even though I was having trouble with a brand new Porsche 911, <laughs> that is the challenge because who is going to give a rat's ass about some dick in a 911? So I had to run myself down in that video. And if you watch that video, that's the balancing act that I did is that I I made fun of myself in that video as much as I made fun of anything else in order to disarm the audience into not hating me as much as you'd generally hate a 911 owner. I mean, what a what a foreshadowing to the future of your YouTube channel. It's like self-deprecating humor mixed with beautiful cars. Yeah, so that was that was that worked out. Well, yeah, I won't say that worked out well, but because um, I, 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 
you know, I never wanted to damage the Porsche brand, and I did that far more than I wanted to. I was just trying to get them to do what I believed that was the right thing, which they did in the end. Because that was the purpose of, of even publishing those, right? It was kind of a cry for like, look, I've gone through all the channels. I've done everything. Now it's be- now it's I'm just going to go public with my experience. Yes, yes. And, you know, they were right on it and they, they sorted me out in the end. So, and that's, you know, I'm still, obviously I'm still a loyal Porsche owner and I do my best to sell as many of their cars as I possibly can. And and honestly, I am. I'm selling two or three of their cars a day. I, I spend, before I go to bed at night, I spend between an hour and an hour and a half answering emails from my viewers about questions, about the car they're about to buy, what option this, what option that, can, you, can I help with discounts, can I do this? So I think I'm one of um, the biggest supporters of Porsche cars worldwide, and I certainly feel that I do my bit to support the brand. That's incredible. And that's nationwide, that's or globally, that people are just... Globally, wow. yeah. Yeah, do, I, get, I, get, I get between 50 to 150 emails a day on questions about the purchases of their car or um, configuration or, you know, that type of thing. Well, your the videos that I, I genuinely appreciate as a person, but I, I don't sit through them because I'm not that guy. The configurator videos you do are mind blowing. Yeah, so they they are they they are the second most difficult video I produce, um, and they are the most appreciated. And uh, and I do them because they help so many people, and. I wished when I purchased my first 911, somebody had done that. So I'm doing it for my past self in a way. Now, do you already, I mean, so for me, I'm not a, I'm not a good, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the taste to like quickly look at something and say, oh, I want it to be this. I need the hyper silver wheels. I need this color. I need this trim. I need this leather. Do you have you know, just this kind of rundown of, oh, I love this combination. Do you, is it is it just like a color palette for you? Is it just like you're an artist with 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 your with your brush figuring out how things match together, or is it just like years and years and years of building ugly cars until you figured out <laughs> what is like attractive? Um, yeah, I have certainly made a lot of mistakes, and I give. A lot of credit also to my ex-girlfriend, Vanessa, who was uh, exceptional when it came to colors and that type of thing. And I would run things past her. And she understood, you can never put that with that. You can never do that with that. And she helped me develop a taste for what looks good and what looks bad. But to be frank, uh, I'm careful as well. Like I'm careful to reiterate over and over and over again that my opinion is just my opinion and people should buy what they want to buy i just try and steer them away from chronic mistakes which especially us males um tend to make uh and and often they don't people don't realize how how terrible the mistake they're making is until they get the car and people sort of sniggering in the background type of thing. So I just try and prevent that from happening. What are the big ones? What are the big no-nos? Like just some obvious, oh, don't, just just for the love of God, don't do these two or three things. Well, it's really one of the most common ones is mixing the same color, like re- mixing a like a carmine red exterior with a Bordeaux red interior. Mm. Two different reds, which... I can see how people make that mistake. Because they think red on red. They think red on red. Yeah, And, oh, it's the same color. They'll match. But, of course, they're slightly different colors. And when you see it in real life, you think, oh, geez, how did they do that? Um, uh, Another popular one, uh, the most popular one, is thinking that bringing the outside color inside is important. Oh, oh, like the yeah, trim yeah. panels, like the trim panels or, you know, if, they, if, if you've got the carbon ceramic brakes and so they've got a yellow uh, brake calipers, they people think they must have a lot of yellow on the interior to match the yellow brake calipers. Well, guess what? Nobody ever makes that connection. All you're doing is adding a bunch of yellow in your interior, which often doesn't go with whatever the rest of your interior is. The interior is separate to the exterior most of the time. 
This is why you are the only one I've ever seen Will Lee PTSRS get starstruck by. Oh, he's starstruck? He, I doubt that. <laughs> no, he, he, he literally couldn't. I remember bringing him down there and he was he was so shocked that he was like petting Tui. He, he was taking pictures of the dog. <laughs> the only pictures I have with Tui are because he kept taking pictures of me with the dog. <laughs> but, but no, that's the thing. You've really become this kind of Porsche tastemaker. But I mean, where, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're a Kiwi. You come from, from New Zealand. Were cars always the thing for you? Because to me, I look at you and I'm like, oh, you're like, you're like a full blown tech nerd. Yeah, I'm I'm nowhere near in, as much into cars as you guys are. Like when you and Eddie come and stay, you guys come and stay, you guys can talk about cars for hours, for hours. And Becky and I are looking at each other going, wow, these guys have been at it for like two hours talking about cars. Yeah, it's, uh, it's dark. It's disgusting, yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, so I'm nowhere near as much as a car guy as you guys. Uh, cars are... Uh, passing interest really for me like i like to have a nice car and i've always been interested in cars but it's you're dead right like for example i think this is a good indicator i don't really watch any car youtube channels i watch tech youtube channels i can watch pulling apart an old stereo um youtube video for an hour and a half but i'd never watch a car video for an hour and a half i can tell any any pilot usually is the car is so secondary to what other what other whatever else they're doing because yeah pilot i mean i was a pilot growing up and the reason why i really stopped flying wasn't really necessarily money it was because i couldn't fuck around in an airplane i can fuck around in a car like you're really not supposed to do bad things in an airplane you you know that's how you die that's how you end up in trouble and that's how you damage something that you definitely can't afford and you hope you wish you didn't survive but in a car i could chuck a car into an on-ramp and go full throttle and and get it to wiggle around a little bit and have fun and be and be outside of the law without really thinking there was any risk of injury or arrest yeah yeah well for me that cars used to be that as well. You know, I remember every car I purchased was a little bit faster, a little bit more fun as I got older and older. And when I lived in Europe, I had a lot of opportunity to do a lot of fun things. You know, I used to uh, race um, brands hatch on the weekends. I had a When catering. was this? Uh, in my early 30s. So had you been in New Zealand that whole time and then moved off or? Uh, I get around like syphilis. So I, I used to work for a bank and I traveled a lot with the bank in my twenties. And so I traveled around the world with them a lot. And then I was back in New Zealand for three, four years. And then I uh, moved to England uh, for four years and I spent a bit of time in France and yeah, I, I got around. So while I was living in England uh, in the early 2000s, I got to do a lot of car stuff, um, more extreme car stuff that that I loved and pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And it also got it out of my system. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to, on the weekends, I used to drive my car and do the Nürburgring. Ooh, so got, what were you I, driving? I used to drive, I had an, um, an Audi S3. Okay. And I used to drive my Audi across Belgium and do the Nürburgring on the weekend. So I got good at the Nürburgring. I did not know this about you. Yeah, I got good at the Nürburgring back in the day. And I used to be a part owner in a Caterham 7 um, uh, in England. And I used to do that. I used to race that at Brands Hatch on the weekends as well. And a Caterham 7, I don't know whether you're familiar with Oh, them. it's like my favorite car. If I could have yeah, any yeah. car, yeah. that's what I'd be driving. They are... They are just such a magnificent extension of your body and such a thrill to race that once you've done that, everything else kind of seems a little dull. Street driving really becomes quite dull. And and so a lot of it I've got out of my system because I've spent so much time doing the top speed of fast cars on the <clears throat> Autobahn I've spent so much time doing the Nürburgring and racing Caterham 7s that I'm, I'm good. Now everything is pretty straightforward. Well, it makes sense Nürbur- that you appreciate the more simplistic cars. I mean, 
So for example, yesterday I drove, I drove three cars and I'll I'll compare two of them, two, uh, two BMWs, one, an E46 ZHP. So, you know, fully comfortable 330 with leather and all the good stuff, but you know, sporty and enjoyable. And then I got tossed the keys to an AER endurance race car, fully caged, just bare bones. You know, you're in a race seat, you're plunking that steering wheel in and you're hanging on for dear life i don't know how it's street legal it shouldn't be it is so proud that they can get these things registered uh and i i don't know that i've had i came away almost crying i had goosebumps i was so happy because i just hadn't driven anything that really really gave me the fizz in a long time oh yeah and that and so for me when you say caterham seven i'm like oh oh that's oh that's that's the car that's the car There's nothing. What, did it, so? Did it have the Rover engine? Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it had the uh, had a one point eight liter engine in it. Um, yeah, I got a friend that had the uh, the Suzuki motorcycle engine in his. Oh god! Yeah, like my, a... <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah, you could get them in all sorts of. Yeah, mine had the Rover engine in it. Um, I forget the specifications. It wasn't powerful. But no. it was perfect. It was perfect. There was it didn't need to be powerful because the light so light, and that was the fun. It was that you're chucking it and beating on it all the time, and it's it was just pure joy. It just doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. Yeah. That is the that is the pure joy. So how how did how did you go from? I mean, I guess I guess the 911 video got you to filming cars, but what inspired you to film them in the way that you do them? Because you know, you, you your your videos in the 911 as kind of a hey Porsche, help me, um, are nothing like the production value that you produce, and nothing like the intricate details. So, like, what got you from you know a selfie talking about a car basically on a vertical phone to to you know dslrs strapped and suction cup to the sides of cars and and ripping down the highway with probably ten thousand dollars of equipment off the car hanging off the car incremental improvements just incremental improvements every time i edit a video of mine i am looking where can i improve this and where can i make my life easier so now my editing process is so truncated because i have much better equipment and it makes my life so much easier and everything is synced in time it's really easy to get it all lined up it's very easy i'm just pulling the different like i have eight cameras running and so i can have all of the different angles i need i can turn off a camera completely but i don't need to go back and film things multiple times i can get everything Everything done in 20 minutes this is because I've s- so many cameras running that everything could be done in 20 minutes and it just makes my life so much easier. Plus, it makes the video look so much more professional. Right, because you're not cutting to another actual scene. It's the same scene. You yeah. can cut, 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 and it's like, oh, that's actually the place I just was. It's not just like yeah. this bullshit yeah. cut and a yeah. fake sound yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah, and it all you might notice it all actually works. Like if you look at me talking in the car at the camera, if you look at the background and then I flip to an outside shot from a chase cam, it all matches up because it's all actually happening at the same time. It's, it's so good. It's so like, you know, I don't mean to blow too much smoke up your ass, but I really do appreciate the video production. Like it is something that everybody who watches the channel instantly notices. And it's just, it is it is unlike really anyone else on YouTube. Even 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 the real real big boys, uh, you know they've they've got some great shots. They're not doing what you're doing. Well, straight pipes. The guys at Straight Pipes, I I love their production quality as well, and they're doing a similar thing. You know, he comes from a uh, 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 video production background, so I'm always teasing him about watch your equipment he keeps a lot of his equipment secret he loves to keep the the re that that follow camera the the exterior shot they that's their big secret and yeah so i've got he sent it to me in the end we all pretty and much I, know what it is but he yeah <laughs> we, and i can't i can't duplicate it no i can't duplicate it so that's fine so and even if i could 
it, it requires a two man team to operate it. And I don't have that. Exactly. You've got to have yeah. someone in the car. You've got to have, yeah. 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 So you end up adding another man to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So the only time I need an extra person is doing that chase car. And I've got it all set up so that it's really easy. I just say, all you have to do is stay at one speed in the middle lane. And I'll tell you if you have to do anything else on the radio and great job. And off we go. And I drive around the chase car instead of the chase car having to do anything. I love it. So yeah. w- what's up with the 928? So this is sort of a, a YouTube project car, but at the same time, I can tell that it was likely more of like you saw a thing and it was just shiny enough for you to need it. And there yeah. it is. So yeah. So I'm not, I, it was more a, I, I have my boring Macan, which is just my daily driver, which honestly I love because I've never owned a car that gets so much love on the street. I mean, it's Mamba, it's a, Mamba Green, right? Is that what Mamba Green? That's right. That, that color just drives people crazy. It's so great. Um, but I needed something else because I'm not ready yet, although I'm getting close to buying another 911. What do you think of the 992? What, what do you? What do you? I mean, it, you've you've always been like a, a 911 sort of purist, so now you've got this yeah. big, big, big 911. Yeah. Well, it's not much big, big, bigger than the 991.2, I guess. It's a little bigger, um, incremental. <laughs> it's it's incremental. Yeah, I can I can cope. Um, it's just that I've configured, you know, I know the configurator inside out, obviously, and the, the my most pre, my my most perfect configuration on the new nine nine two doesn't excite me enough to write a $140,000 check. You, isn't that funny? I knew that was the number. I feel like every year, your 911s always kind of fall in that range because you're yeah. always, you're taking a, usually like an S, right? And then you are just doing the Nick Murray sauce all over it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just deeply suspicious because with the 991.1, it had a similar number of um, bits and pieces. And when the 991.2 came out, they fixed it. They made it so the interior could be really something special. And they made it so that there were just enough add-ons and bits that you could really specialize your car. And so I'm really worried that if I go and buy a 992 today, in a year's time, they will finally bring out the interior that I would love as opposed to the one that is eh, okay at the moment. So is this and why the just... 928 came into play? Because you're like, ooh, I'm not really ready for that, but I want a toy? Yeah, well... I thought, like I'd been, I'd actually been shopping for a, I really wanted a 993. I could see that. Yeah, that's been my, that's been my want for a while and a very specific configuration, 993. And then this, (laughs) this 928 came up and I realized, you know, I've never actually even driven one on my channel and it is a car that I'm interested in and I'm sure that my viewers would be interested in this. And what's the harm of me just owning one for six months or whatever, uh, doing, throwing some money at it, making it a little bit more beautiful, um, and then selling it on while I'm waiting to decide what I'm going to do next. So I bought it. I have a hard time believing you're going to be able to sell it. Oh, believe me, I'm going to be able to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> no <Believe> warranty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll probably I'll probably lose a lot of money on it. Maybe I don't know, but um, that's fine. Either way, I'm not, I'm not worried about the money. I'm just um, I want to be able to sell it. The reason I'm throwing a bit of money at it is, but I, I want to be able to sell it, be able to sell it guilt free. Like I want it to be an honest car. This is the work that I've done on it. This is what needs still needs to be done. I don't want to sell it to somebody and feel bad about the car. So I want it to be beautiful enough and fixed enough that it's that I can honestly sell it and know that it, that I'm doing the right thing to the next for the next owner. Well, you certainly don't want someone going on the internet and saying Nick Murray sold me this lemon. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Oh, what if how full circle is that? Yeah, yeah. That'd so, be- I mean, it, it could it could be a disaster for the next owner, but yeah, the guy that owned it before me poured a bunch of money into it, but it did sit around for years not being driven, so that's really bad for cars, especially they do not German like cars. They do not like that. So I don't know. Is most of the? Um, it's not the best condition car, that's for sure. Uh, I've made the outside look good, and I'm making the interior look good. But 
the engine bay is, you know, pretty five out of ten, um, and underneath <laughs> is you know, not that great either. Um, but it 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 is a fun car to drive, and it is it is the real nine two eight experience, and it is a beautiful color, and um, you know it's a fun it's a fun project. So I'm looking. You said five out of ten. So now I'm thinking about your t-shirts. Um, what do you, what's the one you're wearing right now? I can't see that. I'm wearing. I'm wearing. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Yeah. What, what inspired that? Because I think everybody, including myself, anytime YouTubers are like, "Oh, we're doing merch," you, you know, you throw your logo on something. Like, you went such a unique direction. You took something that's so like ubiquitous. You made just like kind of filthy but plucky, cute sayings that anyone could wear, and we all went. Fuck, that was smart. Um, I don't know that it was smart, but it was. It came down to I watched every other YouTuber producing merch, which was just their logo, and I was thinking, I it would embarrass me to see somebody walking around with a Nick Murray YouTube logo on a shirt. Like that's not me. That's not, I don't want to be a flashy show. I don't. That would that would just I would just cringe so much if that happened. It's just not me, and so. I wanted to do something for my followers and it's not for everybody, obviously like my t-shirts are (laughs) pretty out there, some of them. And, but it's been enormously, uh, it's been a lot more successful than I thought it would. And, and people really enjoy them, you know, and and I see them in the wild all the time. It's crazy. It's yeah. I, 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 I mean, granted, I, I live in the community, so it yeah. makes more sense for me to see them amongst some of my friends, yeah. but it's just, it's funny because sometimes I just forget they're yours and I go, oh, that's a clever show. Oh, that's Nick's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I forget the numbers, but I think I've sold, I've sold maybe closing on 40,000 t-shirts. What the fuck? Yeah. 40,000 shirts. Yeah. That is psycho. And you, you are the distribution center. Um, yeah. Um, and that's, that's the tough part is that I get all these. It's so funny. I get all these emails every day from these, uh, online. You, if you'd like more customers, we can help you. You, if you <laughs> no. want to be on this and I'm no, 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 please. No. And so I am stuck in this, in this weird world where, I am praying for less customers most of the time, but of course I don't want don't want too many less customers because I still want to make I still want, want the t shirt business. Yeah, I want the money, and um, but it, it is the at the moment I I send out the orders. My Saturday morning is and Wednesday morning are both sending out orders. So I commit, I try and empty my entire um, order box on on Saturday and Wednesdays, and that is such a tedious job but still not you're still a way of connecting like i write a personal note even if it's just hey tom thanks from nick on every single order and people often write me a little message in the order so i'll reply back and then i'll give them some stickers and if it's a big order i might throw in some extra stuff as well um and and it's a way of connecting so everybody else that does merch just does it through teespring or whatever it is and that's a very um Impersonal, you know, it's dropshipping. Impersonal, just- very, very easy way of doing it. So I'm, I'm making it really hard on myself. I've got to manage my inventory. I've got to do all my postal stuff. It's a, it's a nightmare of a job. But I do it because my viewers love that type of thing, and and I do it for them as well as obviously I make a small profit from it as. For it I as just well. don't understand. This is what I mean about your following is you are a 180,000 subscriber channel, which is not small, not small. That is very, very respectable. That is that is a dream for most YouTubers. But to do 40,000 T-shirts on a channel like that means that that's 180,000 like active people. I mean, that's insanity. There's Yeah, there's some odd things about my channel. Um, I don't get to see uh, statistics on too many other channels, but... Certainly what my, what the YouTube lady says to me, she says, your channel is bizarre in many, many ways. Um, you have way, way more minutes watched than it, than channels your size. And you have a really strange mix of viewers. 
for the type of content that you put out. Like most car channels, uh, 99% male and 1% female. Yeah, I think I'm at 2.3% female right now. Shocking, shocking. I don't appeal to the... uh, Nick, don't you think I appeal to the female audience? Come on. You you are more (laughs) feminine than I could point a stick at. But yeah, I've got 24% females and... Uh, and and heaps of, I, I pull in uh, the over thirty fivers, really really well. Things like that, which are just bizarre on YouTube. I mean, you just, you don't even need to grow. You have what you need. It's bananas. Yeah. yeah so I got, I I'm lucky. If even though my channel's small, I average fifty thousand views a day. Yeah. 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 That's and that's that's a healthy place to be especially when that's your stable place. Yeah. That's it's it's wild. And if those are long watch time videos, I don't know who knows the YouTube world out in the audience, but you know, watch time is what what earns. Watch time is what matters now. I t- those helicopter videos are just crazy. They get so many views and I have done so few of them. I got to do more. They're just so hard to do. But yeah, they like I just did one on a AW109, and that that has been it has had a three thousand views a day, four thousand views a day run rate since the day I put it up. That's and crazy. It just, That's it crazy. Just keeps keeps climbing, keeps climbing. And like I did a Bell two hundred six video four years ago. That that video has never dropped below two thousand views a day in the last four years. That is mind blowing because they always come in cycles and then you watch and you go, oh my God, look how many views. And just as fast as it went up, it fucking plummets to the ground and yeah. you go, well, I yeah. guess no one's ever going to see this again. Yeah. That's crazy that they're just stable. Yeah, that's the thing. You just have such a unique viewership, unique content. And it's, and it's oddly diverse because when you do the helicopter stuff, even though, I mean, even though it's a totally different world, I mean, it's still you, and that really shows that it's you that they're watching. Well, yeah, the last the last helicopter video, I made a bunch of stupid jokes all the way through, and it's it's a good friend of mine that helped me with that, the pilot in that video, Andrew, and he was he was taking it very seriously. He's a funny guy. He's a he's an Irish guy, so we normally joke around, and I tried to joke around with him on the video, but he was very serious in the video, and so I've had so many comments on that video. What a jackass Nick Murray is. I mean, people that don't really know me that well watch that video and were quite offended by some of my jokes. And really, you know, obviously these are people that don't normally follow my channel. And so it does backfire on me sometimes. And and you're not affected by that at all? Like emotionally, you don't get like a little sting or anything? Nah. <laughs> That's incredible. See, I mean, like, I, I, we all have to have a thick skin, but... I, I definitely there's times when you you know you wake up in the morning or you what or you're going to bed at night you check the YouTube comments last thing, and it's like oh my god I can't believe someone would say this to me, <laughs> and it's just oh, really? and it gets a little you know it's it's one out of a hundred you know what I mean it's it's that yeah. one out of a hundred that's that's nasty, and it's not it doesn't have an impact I think it's just the 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 accumulation of it it's like one isn't bad two isn't bad. A hundred starts to feel like, oh wow, thousand. You're like, oh my god, why are people? Why would someone say that? <laughs> and it and it does wear a little bit. But that's why I've always been so impressed with your your quick wit and turnaround to either reply to them or use them as ammunition for a new video. Yeah, yeah. No, I I have never been offended by people saying nasty things to me because i am my own biggest critic and i would personally say nasty things towards me as well if i was watching my videos sometimes i yeah yeah yeah, self-hate self-hate is great armor (laughs) um and you know it's just as you said it's that one or one and a half percent of people and and that's the way it should be if 100 percent of people liked us all the time something would be really wrong yeah whereas i'm if i'm seeing if I'm seeing one or two percent of people disliking me, I'm thinking this is working. This is perfect. That is the right combination. YouTube is sending this out to the right people. That I'm doing the right thing. I see it as a vindication that I'm getting it right. So I welcome that bit of hate. Were you always like that as a kid? I mean, as a kid, I I, I definitely I wasn't good with criticism or I wasn't good with being bullied or anything i mean uh no i was fine so i knew that i was different 
I was a weird kid. I'm no shocked. Quest. Shocked. Yeah, yeah, shocked. <laughs> I was. I, I used to drag my school bag behind me and call it Rover, and <laughs> I was a bit of a loner. I just wanted to be in the computer lab during lunchtime. I had friends, um, but, you know, I wasn't – I could never play sports. I was dyslexic. I was I was just a weird kid that yeah. did, did, went his own way, and – that was fine because I hadn't, I think it's my mother that instilled in me this, this inner confidence that as long as I was myself, everything would be fine. And I recognized that very early in life that I don't need to be anyone else. I don't need to, to try and impress anybody. I just need to be myself and it'll make me happy. And it always has. If I just do my own thing, talk to my stuffed gorillas, um, <laughs> you know, I play with my dog, do wear my calculator watch, be a nerd. I, I couldn't, I just a happy, happy chappy. I can't think of a better way to end this. That is the message, man. Yeah. Talk to your gorilla. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I mean, I miss no you. Problem, my friend. I miss you anyway. So it was a good excuse just to talk. Yeah. When, when this COVID finishes, you and I have got to figure out a way of having a, a proper uh, meet up like we did last time, but organized together yeah. with some uh, with some of the other YouTubers um, that we both know. Uh, a free event that um, that is both uh, at a place where you can see some cool cars and maybe uh, maybe do some mixing some helicopters and flying stuff as well. That would be very cool. Was it everything you hoped and dreamed? You know, Nick is a tough interview because he puts so much of his personal life on. YouTube, that it's hard to get any inside scoop. You've got to be really creative about how you kind of dig in and weasel your way into what he's doing that his viewers or other folks who aren't, you know, in the Nick Murray know wouldn't know about. But I hope you enjoyed it. He's a great guy, and I hope to see him soon. I hope to see you guys soon. I hope this is all over soon. I hope we can do big events again. But until then, don't forget to respect the drive. I'll see you next time.